Hello and welcome to episode two of the Wrong Town podcast. My name is Riley and I'm joined once again by Claw. Oh, hi. So first off, thanks to everyone who listened to the first episode of the Wrong Town podcast <laughs> because we're like complete egomaniacs and obviously we need validation and like the little number going up saying that people are listening and watching is, is pretty much the only reason we do this. It's the only reason I do anything. Yeah. Um, and an even more special thank you to everyone who liked the video on YouTube, subscribed to us on iTunes, left comments, all the rest of it. That's all pretty important stuff, you know. It's the most important stuff. Yeah, it puts us up the rankings. It puts our stuff in the place where other people will hopefully see it one day. Yeah, if we're ever going to be handing out awards at the Oscars, it needs to start here. And we need the support of people like you. Exactly. Like people like you who are listening right now with your ears. Exactly. Thank you for doing that. And an <laughs> even more special thank you. There is a third tier of thank you reserved for those who asked us questions on Twitter and various other places because I mean for us as like people doing a podcast that's like that's free content <laughs> that's 10 minutes we don't have to write anything yeah exactly so that's all pretty that's yeah. all pretty good why don't you work for us <laughs> but yeah it was a I think we got a pretty good response after uh, episode one yeah 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 I thought yeah, it was pretty good yeah, yeah. they were checking with the board they are all happy the guys in the suits are nodding yeah it's good yeah yeah hopefully our children will live to see the end of the day <laughs> so anyway let's get the show on the road yes Claw. Yes. How are you? I'm good. What, what, why? What have you heard? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I'm good. I feel fine. How have you been? Have you been, what have you, what have you been doing? Oh, uh, you know, just the usual. I, feel, I think I need a haircut. Uh, yeah. That's really all that's happening in my life. What I meant when I said, how are you, is actually, what have you been playing? Oh, right. That was, uh, see, I, was I, I was trying to be I, cash. I, I thought that we were just like, you know, you know, just chatting it out there. No, I mean, that's, of course not. I wasn't even entirely sure that we were recording. I thought that might have been a <laughs> rehearsal. What have I been playing? I've actually been playing two things, uh, which I, I know, two games in one month. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know which one you want to hear about first, but my, my two games that I've been playing, uh, I've been playing Life is Strange. I've actually completed Life is Strange. And I've been playing the new release, uh, Just Cause 3. Oh, a new release? Yes. Wow, that's actually very surprising. And I've got... Uh, I could probably talk about both. Well, why don't you start <laughs> with Life is Strange? Uh, yeah. Well, first off, what is Life is Strange? Uh, it's a game, it's right. a, and and it's a really it's a really good game. I actually liked it a lot. Uh, I'm not really sure how to begin. I mean, I'll probably, I'll tell you what it is. It's basically like a, it's kind of like a Telltale game. It's that style. It's like a point and click kind of adventure game. And it's, you basically the the basic premise is you you play as this American high school lady i don't i i think you meant to be I, I don't actually know how the american school system works right so i don't it, 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 is that what it says on wikipedia you play american high school lady. yeah you play american high school lady um i have no concept of how american school works right. so i had to just wing it and go with it but i don't think she's in high school i think it's like a college kind of thing i think she's like 18 and she's just finished high school and now she's went to like this art college but that art college is like in her hometown. So it's like the opposite of what people usually do because usually they move away from home to go to college, but she's like had to come back and confront her past and like people are talking about her in the bathroom and there's graffiti and stuff and it's very emotional. Okay. That's the premise. But <laughs> that's how it you, starts. You're going to have to do better than that. That's how it in. starts. So it starts off, it feels like, okay, is this just going to be high school drama and like like problems and like, oh, nobody likes me, I don't know. But then it kind of ramps up and it becomes this quite, it becomes like this weird science fiction tale and then it ramps up again and becomes this like really interesting like mystery thriller. Yeah. So that's really, 
I know that probably all sounds really vague, but it's because I really think this game is great, and I'm going to talk about how great I think it is. But I think it's so good that I don't really want to ruin any part of it. I think everybody should play it, and everybody should play it not knowing what happened. So the only the only thing I'm going to spoil for anyone who's not played it, but this happens very early in episode one, so I don't think it's much of a spoiler. The main mechanic in the game, everybody knows The Walking Dead. I, I think it's okay to do episode one stuff yeah. i wouldn't worry about yeah that. everybody knows about the walking dead and all the telltale games game of thrones and the uh, borderlands and stuff like they know how those work and this is very similar to that it's basically you walk around you interact you make decisions those decisions affect conversations and affect the way the story develops but the big difference here is they have this time travel mechanic so she basically discovers very early in the story that she has this ability to rewind time so okay. it basically adds this crazy new dimension where you can just rewind so if something doesn't go the way you hoped, you can rewind and have a second shot at it. But it gets even more in depth than that because you can use it to like solve problems and in like creative ways and you can use it to really like affect the story because you can make a decision and go back and undo that decision or you can like explore a series of variables and then decide, oh, I don't know about that. It's like, it, it doesn't really sound like it's that much, but when you're playing it, it just totally lifts the game because when you play The Walking Dead, you basically feel like it's an interactive story. Life is Strange really feels like you have choice. Like, it feels like you are deciding how this story goes. It sounds like... So, I mean, I, I will, I'm not going to pretend like I don't know anything. I have played episode one very recently. Um, but it sounds... It's a bit like the uh, Choose Your Own Adventure book where you turn to a certain page. Yeah. But then, obviously, everyone who does that, when they get the outcome they don't like, they're like, no, I'll just go back and try, yeah. <laughs> just try a different page. It's kind of like that. But... Uh, I, I mean, the negative is, I, I I will admit, I find it hard to relate to the story. Right. And I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm not the target audience. I mean, maybe like... Because you're not you, an American high school lady. Exactly. <laughs> I just felt like a lot of it was just kind of this super emotional kind of like, like, oh, I can't believe that my friend thinks this about others. Like the, the kind of, the like college high school drama that you see in movies that I just, I can't really relate to it. Mm. So some of that was a little bit like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. like, well, will we ever be friends like this again? Will we ever have this perfect moment? It's like all this kind of rubbish. Like one of the, one of my favorite lines in the game is uh, you're sitting on a park bench and your character is talking to herself. Your character says, I wish I could just stay in this moment forever, but then it wouldn't really be a moment, would it? And I was just like, ah! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's full of that. But, but that, I'm going to turn this into a positive. Go on. If you get past that, which I did, like I, I just kind of went, you know, I'm not, I'm not the person this game is necessarily meant to speak to, but if you just get past that and you just play the game, like it's so well made, and it's, and I just feel like it's a really, really well made like story engine. Like it's just you really feel like you're, you're like carving your own path, and it's interesting. And for me, I just wanted to keep playing it. Like no matter how mushy and emotional and and rubbish <laughs> an interaction felt. I didn't care because I was just like, that's not really what playing this game is about. It was, it was, it's a very, very well told story. Like it's very well put together and it's, there's just enough mystery and there's just enough drama to keep even somebody who doesn't relate to being an 18 year old American college lady. Yep. <laughs> there's, there's enough there to keep anyone interested. I think a lot of people who play these story games and I, I've, I've been the same with the Telltale games. I know this isn't a Telltale game. This is a Square Enix game, but in those games, sometimes I felt like it kind of didn't matter if I went one or zero or yes or no, or, you know, it didn't really matter what I did. The outcome would be the same. So how is this different? I I can relate to that. 
And I feel like in The Walking Dead, you definitely get that feeling. You feel like you make a decision and the outcome is just this person doesn't like you anymore or this person likes you. You will like, remember that. Yeah, exactly. In this game, it feels like big decisions are made, like huge decisions. You know, you can do something in episode one that's going to change episode five for you. You know, it's like it's it's big and you make big decisions and you just feel like you have much more of a path to take because it doesn't. There are some drawbacks with the system, which I'll talk about in a second, that I, in my experience. But I, I think, in general, it just felt like there was so much more to it than the Telltale games. Like Because the Telltale games, you just feel like you're on one of two kind of diverging paths, and everybody can be your friend or your enemy, and that's it. Whereas in Life is Strange, it felt like there's a million stories in here, and, and every decision will change the story that you experience in a very in a, in a minor way or in a major way. Like, I did kind of like from episode one. Like I, I'll, I'll let you say your piece, and then I'll, I'll kind of re- come back on it. But <laughs> I did like in episode one that it felt like things that seemed like the right thing to do at the time. When you actually see the outcome, it was like, ah, that wasn't really a very smart thing to do at all, was it? Even though you're kind of your heart's in the right place. But you yeah. kind of make things worse. And they're like, okay, I'm going to rewind. Yeah, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because I've, uh, <laughs> that's something I also noticed. Um, I I saw it in a kind of slightly different way, a, a similar way, I think, but there was, there was it was slightly different for me. Sometimes I felt like you're presented with a decision. And kind of like you said, I always felt like there was a clear moral right and wrong almost always in Life is Strange. Every time you're presented with a choice, the director or the writer or whoever is responsible for architecting that game uh, they basically had presented this is morally right and this is morally wrong and if you choose the morally right one something bad will happen oh it's like Game of Thrones and, yeah, and if you choose the morally wrong one something like that isn't good because you made the bad choice yeah. but so, but it'll progress the story in a more kind of positive way and that kind of that was one of the few things that I didn't enjoy because it felt artificial to me mm. it felt like the game was punishing you for playing the way you wanted to play because it got to the point where it was like it's not just twisting it like you said where you make a decision and you go oh that wasn't the right decision it was almost like you could predict it you could be like I don't want to kill this person for example Mm -hmm. but you know if you let them live it's going to punish you (laughs) it It was like forcing you down the bad path it does sound a little bit like similar to the thing that as I say with, with Game of Thrones where it almost feels contrived in the sense that like when you when you come to like a character, you're like, okay, I know I'm being played here. I'm being played yeah. like a fiddle here. Like I'm supposed <laughs> to like this guy, and he's gonna get his head cut off in like two episodes' time, and I'm gonna be really sad, and I'm gonna be like, oh damn you writers! But then I'm gonna go through it all over again in the next episode. Yeah, there was so that was one element. The the other element regarding choice uh, that I thought was a little bit strange was sometimes I felt like it forced you to play the game, and what I mean by that was. Sometimes uh, the correct option would not be presented until you'd failed once. Ah, okay. So basically what it would do, there was one point where it was like you had to guess what a character had in their pockets. Mm-hmm. And she and one of the things you had to guess was what is my keychain? And she has like a panda keychain. And I knew it because I, I instantly remembered it because, you know, at wrong time we have this kind of panda connection where I just noticed pandas. <laughs> so I noticed that. And I was like, so I don't need to do the looking process because I know her keychain is a panda. And when the options came up, panda wasn't, wasn't one of them. There. And I was uh, like, ah, you bastard. Because in episode one, there's two occasions where you're asked a question that you probably don't know the answer to. Yeah. And in both occasions, I just picked one and I got it right. 
so I didn't have to do the back and forward, but yeah. I, it allowed me to get them right yeah. in, in those particular. And, and I and I would say, like I I've noted it that it doesn't do that every it doesn't do that every time. Like what I'm what I'm saying, this not giving you the choice. It doesn't do that every time. Sometimes you can guess, but on those few occasions where it didn't, I didn't like that because I felt like I, I actually think this game's amazing. I think this game is so good in so many ways, and any time it was bad. It kind of felt like, oh, you didn't need to do that because yeah. you're, you're so good. You don't need to do things like that. That was how it felt to me. But I actually just, I'm looking at my notes here because there's so much to say about Life, Life is Strange. He's got like a yeah. Bible with him. But I just, as I was Life playing it, I, it really wasn't what I expected. Like, I just wasn't expecting it to be what it turned out to be. And I was just like quite surprised in a very positive way by it. And, uh, one, one of the, it was going back to the moral choice. That's what it was. Where basically, it was talking about how it punishes you for making the good choices. But what was cool was because at first I was like a little bit unhappy about that. Whereas I was like, oh, I feel like it's forcing me down a path because I know like I'm going to predict what's going to happen. But then I was like, this is like a weird kind of leveling thing. Because the rewind function changes that. Because it's like, okay, so you figured out that there's a pattern when every time you try to do good, you do bad. Well, then you factor that into your decision making and you start making decisions and rewinding and redoing like like it was almost like is this a bad point of the game or is it actually an even cleverer way of of working you to pick the story do, basically do you feel like it kind of keeps up with you as you as you try to trick the game into doing what you want it to do they're like one step ahead or That's, did you feel like you were gaming the system eventually I, I feel like it does a very good job of keeping ahead of you because I definitely there was moments where I would just like facepalm and be like oh god I, I could have rewound there and done that instead like and I think it was very, very well made. This very is really well interesting because I didn't get an awful lot of this from episode one when I played it. I would say episode one is quite basic. Like, it definitely gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, I think every episode is better than the one that preceded it, except for five. The final episode, I actually think, is weak in a number of ways and has some pretty big problems. But in some ways, I think that's inevitable when a series was as hyped up as this one is. Like, I think people were always going to have super high expectations and I'm not sure it delivered, in mm. my opinion. But uh, I don't I don't want to, like, spoil anything, but it's like, in the fifth episode, it just, uh, it goes nuts. Like, the time travel theory is always quite loose in this game, Like, mm -hmm. but, you know, you just accept it. In episode five, it's like, it just goes crazy and nothing makes sense and you start, like, changing the past... And then, like, trying to correct mistakes, and you like are so your character is surprised by things that would just never work. Like she's like, "Oh, but I, I closed the gate, so how come the world exploded this time?" And it's just like, it, like you know, it it just gets so big as well. And I yeah. actually think that kind of ruined it because I'm not gonna like tear episode five apart and say it was rubbish, but like I think the game is great. But I feel like what was great about Life is Strange is it was actually very small. Like, it was a very small base of characters doing a very small thing in a very small place. Mm -hmm. And in episode five, it turned into, like, a movie directed by Michael Bay, where it was just like, oh, my God, it's so big! And I feel like they shouldn't have done that. They ruined it a little bit. I, I was going to ask you before you said that, like, do you ever feel like it... A lot of story games sometimes fall apart under their own weight, like, especially when choice comes into it. And yeah. I imagine with time travel, even more so. Like, when you know something and you feel like the character you're playing should know it as well, but yes. on screen, they don't know it. Absolutely, this game suffers from that. Like It's absolutely the case in episode five. You feel like you've been with this character the whole time, and now 
she's basically doing things that you know don't make sense and because you know she should know because yeah. you're not seeing anything she isn't like you don't get other people's perspectives you're always with her so i think i think that's actually probably something important for anyone who's not played the game is the way that the way the time travel mechanic is built it's like a superpower the character knows that she has. It's not just something you do as a player. So she is she herself is aware. Oh, oh I yeah. can rewind time absolutely. to fix that. And, and so and you sh- basically anything you see, she should have already yeah. seen. And, and she's know. absolutely aware of the effects because she knows. Like she can pick up a tool. So like just say there's a hammer lying on the floor. She can pick up the hammer and rewind time, but she still has the hammer. So you can do stuff like you know the main character in the game. She could kick a door's lock in, like she could break into a house. And then once she's inside the house, she can rewind time so the door locks itself again and she never broke in, but she's inside now. You can like you can solve puzzles in crazy ways like that. It's clever. It, it really is. It's, it's really enjoyable to play. And, 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 you know, for all the drawbacks I had with the story, like the time travel stuff and the kind of like the super emotional college drama thing, like I did think it was really good. It was enjoyable. And something I actually haven't mentioned at all yet is I think visually... Like I think this game is visually stunning. Like I just think it looks incredible. Like it's it's I think it's so well made. It looks a million times better than The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones or any no game in the Telltale engine has ever even approached how good Life is Strange looks. It looks amazing. The characters look amazing, the environment's amazing. There's so much detail in the faces and stuff. Like it's there's a scene where you basically slow down time with your with your rewind ability mm-hmm. and you start moving through a crowd and it's probably one of the most like beautiful scenes I've ever seen in a computer game like I, I was just like stunned by how great it was it's that's, it's a masterpiece that's really interesting because I again I'm only talking about episode one and I have got like I made some notes not as many as you obviously <laughs> but uh I've actually got a few negative things that I was going to say about it but hearing what you've said about where the where it goes and what you know episodes two to five do and and what you've thought of actually have made me second guess myself a little bit, and maybe I'm just being unfair in it because it was just episode one. Yeah, when I when I finished episode one, I my reaction was basically this: if you asked me at the end of episode one, what do you feel about this game? I would say it looks really nice. I'm not sure about the story, but it was good. It was interesting. That was it. And by the time I'd finished episode four, I was like, wow, this is a very special game. Like <laughs> that, that, that really changes my plans for the next few weeks now because I've got the season pass, so I can. Play the yeah, and it's not that long. Like it's about two and a half hours or something. Uh, it's quite digestible. Chapter, yeah. yeah, so it's like it never felt too long or too short. It felt really good to me. Like, mm. and and the music is great as well. Like, I, like I mean, it's not like the kind of music that I listen to in my in my earphones. But like in terms of the music, the soundtrack for the game is very good. Every moment feels right. And it's just, I just think it's very well put together. And everybody loves it. I mean, it's a smash hit. I, from what I gather, it's like huge. Yeah, but. I'm somewhat kind of like, I don't think whether a game's like a AAA title or an indie game really makes any kind of difference, really. But I do think that this game benefited from playing the system in, in, a, in a way because the vibe I got from people playing it and from articles being written about it, they, they presented Life is Strange as if it was some kind of like indie game first attempt from a studio. And it's just not that at all. You know, it's it's like, you know, pretty big budget. It's a big studio. It's the... It's, it's the I think it's don't don't nod. They're called, and they made remember me that you know the time yeah. travel games mm-hmm. in Paris. They've got a time travel thing that they going on, but it's like the game was kind of presented as if it was this indie game, and it was like I think that definitely like helped it. Like people don't didn't see this game as like Call of Duty or anything. Where in reality, it's just like one of those big games. Like yeah, but I don't think that detracts from it at all. I think it's very very well made. I think it's 
It's really strong. Really, really strong. I would say that I came out of episode one and I sort of felt like I enjoyed it. And I, I was kind of like, well, you know what? This this isn't really for me. This isn't really my kind of thing. Like, I'm not really into games that have limited interaction, even though this is a pretty good example of, of the genre compared yeah. to Telltale games, which can basically all just get to this, fuck. This blows. I, I like The Walking Dead. I think they're great, but this blows any Telltale game out of the water. Yeah, like, I, if I, I definitely if I was, agree. If I worked at Telltale, I'd be looking at Life is Strange and being like, oh, God, they have absolutely owned us. No, they, <laughs> what, what Telltale have done is, is, is built an engine and got a ton of licenses, and yeah. they'll just keep churning them out. And people will keep playing them because they're usually quite well written. Yeah. But there's not really that much it's why I substance hope, to It's why I hope that more games like Life is Strange come out because it'll force Telltale to up their game. Yeah. Because now they've got a competitor, a competitor who's clearly making a much better product than them. Like, for all the negatives I've said, like, I, I feel like I've been a little bit, I feel like I've almost been more negative than I wanted to be. Like, like to be clear, I thought Life is Strange was great. I loved it. I wanted to keep playing it. And I think... You know, we're 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 gonna talk about game of the year maybe a little bit later in the podcast. <laughs> but like uh, visually, best best game of the year. I think I love the order. Visually, I think Life is Strange is even better. Like it just feels perfect. Like the people who made that game, they just nailed it. They made exactly what they were trying to make. Like they nailed every aspect of it, I think. Here are some things that I liked about it. Maybe you can expand on some of them. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean what what you've already said, the story is like it sort of grabs you immediately as being a bit different. And the setting's a bit different. On the topic of the setting, it really reminded me, for a weird reason, and I wonder if anyone else has had this, it really reminded me of Bully. Did you ever play Bully? The, I know of it. The, the Rockstar game. That's set, it's actually set in a school. But there's something about the setting, about like you know the main school building with the lockers and then the kind of grassy area outside and the, the dorms and all that kind of thing. It just reminded me of Bully. And actually, some of the voice acting for the weaker characters, which weren't so good, some of the sort of... Um, auxiliary characters i guess was kind of a bit crap and it again reminded me of bully because some of the voice <laughs> things a bit sort of hammy yeah some so there was a lot of like non-relevant characters in, in my opinion like you know there's people in the hall you can talk to them and there is nothing more to be had other than just kind of like some chit chat like, that that did bother me i think in the, in the first um in the first episode when you first get outside you can walk around this entire kind of park area and speak to pretty much pretty much everyone there's a few people you can't talk to but I just kind of felt like, okay, I'm going to walk over here, talk to this person, walk over here, talk to that person. I'm going to walk over here, play with this person's drone for a while, walk over here. And it just kind of <laughs> felt like, I feel like if I don't do all of this, I'm sort of cheating myself out of something because I kind of knew this game was all about story. And, the, you know, by talking to everyone, I'm sure I'm just going to get a much more fully fleshed out picture of this world. But I don't know if I necessarily benefited from talking to all those no, other I, people. I took it very differently because I, I am very about the story. We know that from the first podcast and from anything we've ever done in Wrongtown. Sure. <laughs> I'm all about story. And I I don't have time for stuff like that. Like I, I appreciate that it's in the game and I like that they go to those levels. But what I liked about it is that I... Didn't I don't feel like I ever wasted any time. I don't feel like I ever talked to anybody I didn't need to talk to or did anything I didn't need to do. But I still feel like the story all made sense. I got a sense of like completion from it and everything. Like I just I don't feel like I was punished for not doing that stuff. I actually feel like I played the game and I got a proper experience out of it. But there's more there for me if I want to go back. I feel I see it kind of like that. Well, way. that was the next question I was going to ask. That do you feel like you want to play it again to see if you can change the outcome in any sort of significant ways yes yes and no because yes i would like to see the other endings and i would like to see how different i could make it but at the same time 
even though it's not incredibly long. For most people, they're like, what? It's less than 40 hours? I, I hate this game. Like, for me, what, like, you know, three hours times five, you know, it's, it's, it adds up. it's a lot of time. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm willing to invest all that time again mm-hmm. just to get maybe a slight tweak on the ending. I think I will play it again because they're actually releasing it. They're releasing a special edition disc copy with books and stuff and everything in January for PS4 and Xbox One. And uh, I'll probably get it for PS4 and I'll probably play it again on that console. That's actually something we skipped out entirely. You played it on PC, right? I did. See, I played it on, on PlayStation 4. Did you play it with a gamepad or is that a mouse I game? played mouse. I, I actually prefer the mouse. I can't imagine what it would be like with a gamepad but just because of the interaction. You have to do a, like a click and drag instead of just clicks and stuff. It was just your your options are presented to you as X or circle. Oh, that's totally different. So you just press the buttons. And uh, on the PC, the options are presented and you click the mouse and then you drag it to the option you want. So I... Yeah, I did wonder how it would be different on the console. But... They've just simplified it, I guess, but it seems yeah. like that was the right thing to do. Yeah. Imagine having to drag oh, yeah. like the little silly touchpad on the PlayStation controller just trying to swipe something. Yeah, it's but like I, I urge everyone to play it, and especially if you're like me, even if you aren't immediately kind of wrapped up in the characters and the kind of the, the deep emotions that the director wants you to experience. I just think it's a really well-made game, and it's really entertaining and enjoyable, and I think it's visually stunning it's it's definitely one of the best games i've played this year if, if it probably goes into my top five of all time like i just i really thought it was excellent that's extremely high praise yeah and I, as i, I say, thought it was great I, I was like so ready to be like well here's why i don't like it but <laughs> i kind of don't feel like i've got any right to do yeah. that now that i've only played the first episodes yeah so. and i like ruining stuff for people don't get me wrong <laughs> like when i started playing it i i because it came out like six months ago you yeah, know it's, it's yeah. old news now but like everybody was loving it and everybody was like, oh, I'm, I'm ready for the feels. I'm going to play chapter five. I'm going to cry. And I was just like, oh God, like this is going to suck. I was like, but I'm going to do it because I want to see what everybody's talking about. And at the end, I was just like, okay, I get what they're talking about. I get it. It's really good. I don't relate. You know, I don't see myself as the main character that who actually I never mentioned. Her name's Max Caulfield. Yeah. The game is full of that. The game wants you, the, the director and writer of this game wants you to know how much art they've consumed. They want to, they want, they want to just be like, just so you guys know, I have seen all the photographs and I've watched all the movies and I've read all the books because the game is just full of blatant like references that I bet 90% of the people playing it don't get. Well, I didn't get a single reference from the well, first Well, I mean, game. the fact, the fact that the main character is Max Caulfield is just a blatant like call out to Catcher in the Rye with a main character holding Caulfield who's basically like it's just this hyper kind of emo emotional thing like right. I mean I'm not going to pretend I'm a, like I don't read books I, I haven't read the books <laughs> so I'm not going to pretend I'm like a Catcher in the Rye expert but I mean there was definitely parallels to be drawn okay. but, and, and it was just full of you know Warren you, you met Warren in episode one uh, who's Warren he's like the kind of I think he's being presented in episode one as as Max's love interest. Oh yeah, like this the the guy. Yeah, the guy. And he, he's he's like oh, yes, the guy. There's a point where he emails her a list of movies, and some of the movies are like so obscure, and it just feels a little bit try hard to me. Like they're trying to show you like like we like we know so much about all this artistic stuff. We're totally no, like there alternative. Was, there was one bit that I did sort of like had my head in my hands for, and it's in the first episode. You go into one of the um, one of the popular kids' rooms, and she has a massive TV. Yeah, and if you interact with the TV, it's basically what you do. You basically, I'm gonna make it sound crap, but you just walk around, press an A to to interact <laughs> with anything you see. So you interact with this big flat screen TV, and you're like, "Oh man, that's a sweet TV. I'd love to sneak in here and watch some Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within on that." <laughs> 
how did I miss that? That's pretty good. I was like, yes, I am also aware of the title of that movie. Yeah, they talk about all kinds of like stuff. The, the movie email was the bit that got me because I actually felt quite smug to myself because it was supposed to be here's a list of time travel movies that you want to see in player <laughs> because you're not you're not like me you're not an artist like the guy who wrote this game yeah. and one of them is uh, it's it's went out of my head now time is it time after time I just want to make sure that I don't actually say the name wrong so I look like an idiot I wrote it down I think it's time I think it's time after time where the hell is it should I just fill yeah just fill Riley because I need to I need to make sure I get this right. Otherwise, I'll look like a fool. I mean, I already feel like I look like a fool, but I, I just want to make sure that I don't talk about this well, movie you, getting you, it wrong. You, you sound like a fool. <laughs> I'm not sure we can yes. say it. Time after time, I was right. So I don't look like a fool anymore because okay. I was right the first you, time. You saved it. One of the movies in the list is called Time After Time, which is like, a, I think it's like a 70s movie right. where it's supposed to be like the time machine story, but Jack the Ripper uses the time machine to go forward into 70s like San Francisco and the time machine guy chases them and it's like it's an obscure movie you know most people have not seen that movie and I felt pretty smug when I was just like I know that movie and I knew like most of the other movies on the list as well it's like it, it made me feel good about myself so it works in both ways the director gets his pleasure by feeling smug that people don't know what he's talking about <laughs> and the smug people get to feel smug because they're like I do know what you're talking about I mean I like feeling smug it's one of my favorite things to feel but I've I've consumed so little kind of movie media in my time as you know you could yeah. probably make a game out of it. How few films have I seen in yeah. my life? Not many is the answer. I'm an, absolute, just... I'm an absolute movie nut, so I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I've seen Terminator 2 and Alien 3, and that's basically it. Yeah. I, should probably plug, I should probably plug my Twitter here, actually. We're talking about movies. Oh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't remember what it is. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> at, at Claw Cinema Club. That's the Twitter I've started, because I love movies, and wrong time we don't really do movies, because we're more of a gaming-centered channel. Because I know nothing about movies. Yeah, so I decided... I watch a lot of movies. I have, like a bazillion DVDs and I've seen like I just, I just love movies I've seen a lot of movies I've, I've seen way more movies than I've played computer games <laughs> like and I decided that I wanted to I don't really want to review movies but I thought I want to just give my view on films so if you go to at Claw Cinema Club and you follow that every night at 10pm uh, GMT that's the time zone we're in every, yep. every night at 10pm you'll get my my take on a movie that I've seen it's not really a review. It's not really a synopsis. Yeah, it's I, a weird hybrid of both. I'm not really sure how I would describe it because in some cases, I'm not even sure if you're trolling me or not. But I don't know. I, I, I guess I, one, it's up to the, it's what, up to the I will say, every tweet I make there is 100% straight up genuine. Fine. <laughs> that's how I feel about the well, film. Listen, I'll take you at your words, but then I can't really come back on you. Although there was one, did, was there a Casper one the other night? There was. I got that one, which is yeah. good. Felt good about myself. And you know what? I, I actually thought you had got get that <laughs> one. So I, I, I was thinking of you and I wrote it. Yes. That one was for the Rileys. Excellent. Well, I think that pretty much comprehensively covers Life is Strange. Yeah, Life is Strange. And uh... But if anyone has any other thoughts on Life is Strange, please ask us. Because I think because I'm, I'm probably now, after speaking to you, I'm probably going to go play episodes two to five so yeah. we can maybe have a quick chat next time we get back in the booth. So if anyone has any questions about I Life have is Strange, one more thing to say as well, on, and because this, will prompt, this might prompt questions. Uh, I knew I was going to talk about Life is Strange from the immediate point that I started it. When I started playing episode one, I knew I was going to talk about it on the podcast. So I was writing notes just so I wouldn't forget things. In the very first episode, I wrote down a massive, <laughs> massive reveal that happens right at the end of episode four. And wow. and I wrote it down. And when I was going over my notes yesterday, I was like, oh my God, Claude, you absolutely nailed it. You absolutely called it. I just wrote it in my notes this is what's happening with this guy. And I was absolutely right. And I was so proud of myself. 
but I can't share it with the world because it's a massive spoiler. And also no one will believe you. Exactly. Well, well I feel like <laughs> no, no one will believe me, but I've got as much evidence I could, as I could have. I've got the notes and it would like, I would have had to fabricate this whole page and the chronological order and everything. So it, it's possible, but I don't know. If, if people... If people want to see the note, I'll find a way of posting it in a non-spoilerish way to prove that I, I absolutely nailed it. There you go. All right, life is strange. Um, you've been playing something else. I have. I almost totally forgot. Let's I'll make this short and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing Just Cause 3 on PC, grudgingly, because I personally felt that Just Cause 2 was a console game. And I think Just Cause 3 is probably a console well, game. Well, Just Cause 2 benefited from a bit of modding on, on PC. That is true. The multiplayer mod. makes it a PC game. But I always felt, even with the multiplayer, I just prefer playing it on console. I just, it's just it's like Call of Duty or something. There's just that feeling where you feel like this is meant to be a controller You're game. You're going to enrage so many PC yeah. fans by saying yeah, Call well, of Duty well, is a console I mean, game. They're all wrong. Like, <laughs> I, I completely agree with like, you. There are games that are meant to be played for mouse and keyboard, and there are games that are meant to be played with a controller. Just Cause is a controller game. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, so basically, I got Just Cause free for PC just because it was on a special offer. I didn't want to pay like £45 on for a console, so I thought I'll get it for PC. And I have to say, first of all, I'm a massive fan of Just Cause 2. You, you are, yeah. I think it's amazing. I love the multiplayer mod as well, but even just the single-player game mm-hmm. on Xbox 360 was where I played it. I love it. I just thought it was great. It was so much fun and the grappling hook and the parachute and flying planes around this massive open world because I love any game when you can fly. Any game where you can just get in a plane and fly, I love it. GTA, another one, does that incredibly well. Yeah. So Just Cause 3, high hopes. I hate it. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's absolutely dreadful. That's wow. Really? Yeah, and it's not just dreadful in a kind of entitled gamer way where I'm like... That producer owes me a better game. It's like, no, it's actually awful. It's dreadful. They don't owe me a thing, but they should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> like, it's so bad. It's broken in every way. It's a complete regression. Like, it's, it's, it's everything that was good about Just Cause 2 is no longer there. And everything that should have been improved from Just Cause 2 is worse or the same. This is huge. When this game was coming out, I was like, I'm probably not going to buy it. I'll pick it up on Steam when it's a fiver, you know, a couple of months after it comes out. Because there's almost no way it can be bad. Because they're just going to do the same thing again. Totally, that's what everybody thought. I mean, I was devastated when I found out it wasn't a multiplayer, but I was like, you know, the single player is still going to be great fun. Hmm. It's awful. Do you you want me to talk about all the ways it's awful? Uh, I kind of do now, yeah. I'll round them off. Yeah, go for it. Just just list them. Just just quick fire, let's do it. Driving cars. Yes. In Just Cause 2, it sucked. In Just Cause 3, it's even worse. You cannot drive cars. They'll either go straight, veer off, or spin 180, and you don't get a say in that. They'll just do it. There's no throttle control. It just happens. They've actually ruined all the vehicles. Driving boats. Boats, you can't steer them anymore because it does this weird auto-correct steer where you turn the boat, and they're try- They're obviously trying to simulate that effect where when you turn a car wheel and the wheels straighten out or when you turn a rudder and then you let go and it straightens out but the boat physically moves so you feel like you have no say over where it really goes the well it's planes they ruin planes and that's my favourite thing about Just Cause was getting in a plane and flying around you just can't control them anymore they're just like it's. there's no control in any vehicle there's no finesse it's basically just a big flying square that you don't really have a say on where it goes and that's for vehicles of all kinds motorbike oh god there's a mission where you have to drive a moped it forces you to drive a moped and it's uncontrollable it's just so bad maybe better with a controller but I don't think so I put the controller onto the PC and I still couldn't really play it properly but oh god that's terrible and so that's <laughs> that's that the next thing is uh, like the character Rico yeah 
I mean, it's not like he was an amazing character before, but there was a style. You know, he looked a certain way, he talked a certain way. It was funny. It was like it was like a thing. They destroyed him. <laughs> like he's 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 like he doesn't look cool anymore. His face is completely changed. Like he doesn't have any of the face features or facial hair or anything. I mean, he didn't really have a beard or anything before, but he just had a style. He had a certain look. When you looked him, at yeah. his face, you were like, "Oh, look at that That's guy." Rico. He doesn't have that anymore. He just looks like a soft, smudged, weird version of himself. And I actually thought it was a different character, but it is meant to be the same Rico. Mm. He's not. He doesn't have like a really cool Mexican advert uh, accent anymore. He's got like a really weird Spanish one. Like it's softer and totally different. It's not deep. It's like it's a totally different voice. He looks totally different. It's it's and it's rubbish and a lot of people just be like oh it's like everybody gets like this when you change things it's like I'm pretty open to change but like it's just clearly not as good like it's it's like I don't know I think they just tried to make it more modern and what I mean by that is it's 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 closer to what games have been recently than Just Cause Two was but Just right. Cause Two was better it was a better character so being the eternal cynic that I am what do you think of the notion that because Just Cause 2 was modded so heavily on PC, they basically, the community just made a multiplayer mode. And it's actually really good. Yeah. And the, the developers were actually, Avalanche Studios, I believe, were like very supportive of what the multiplayer mod team were doing. Usually a developer, if someone was doing that to your game, you'd be like, shut those people down. Yeah. You can't do that. <laughs> do you think maybe Avalanche are like, hang on a minute, guys, we don't have to make a multiplayer for the next game because... These guys would just do it for us. Yeah. So all we need to do is just make a big world and fill it with cars and guns and planes and bombs and grappling yeah, hooks. I actually believe that might be true, and I'd even go a step further and think maybe they thought they didn't have to make a game at all. <laughs> maybe the modders will just make the cars work and they'll just like... Because it's, I mean, it's a huge epic world. In that respect, they have succeeded because it's massive. Yeah. And no loading or anything. It's all next gen. You know, when you when you first look at the map, you see the landscape and it looks like Panau from the second game, mm -hmm. and you think, well, it's not that much bigger. And then you zoom out and it's massive. The world is huge. So they've achieved that. But it's empty. It's just forest. <laughs> you know, there's not that many settlements in it. Like, see, yeah. I actually had a similar problem with Just Cause Two in that I did feel it was very, very big, but not very, very. Populated. Yeah, well, I think this is exactly the same as that. It's just much bigger. <laughs> but, I mean, I'll say one positive. Actually, I'll say some more negatives first. The grappling hook <laughs> is really broken. It just doesn't work very well. That like, sucks. Like, it feels like you just can't grappling hook where you want. And there was a, there was a certain element of that in the second one. Mm. But I think it's glitchy and buggy. Like, I don't even believe it's just bad game design. I actually think it's, like, broken. I actually think that that needs fixed. Because I would say, like, it's... It's not like a 50-50, but it's like 70-30 or something. You know, the grappling hook just doesn't do what you expect. Yeah. And you can't let go of it at the right times. And it, it like sucks you through walls and stuff. It's like, it just feels very broken and glitchy. And you have a wingsuit, which is pointless and sucks. Like, I don't really get it. Like, Do you still have a parachute? Or is yes, it just the wingsuit? you still have the parachute. Oh, weird. But you have a wingsuit now as well, which I think is kind of pointless. Uh, something else I hate, which most people probably love, because they have no quick time events. So you just press Y to hijack a helicopter now. Like, you don't do a quick time event and punch I'm, the guard I'm out anymore. I'm totally fine with that. I loved that. That was my favourite thing, was just, like, watching you, like, quick time punch the guy in the face yeah, and toss him out the door. Because it wasn't hard. It just meant there was more time before you were able to yeah, get into Yeah, but it was satisfying to watch. <laughs> so there's no that. But the positive, I will say, well, it might be a positive, because really, it's terrible. Just because it's absolutely abysmal. But the, there might be a positive. There's two. There might be a multiplayer mod. I think there almost there, certainly will be. Of course be. there will be. So yeah. that's one positive to not, look for. Not on console, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. If you want oh, it on sorry, console, guys. then I'm sorry. But yeah. The second one is, 
it is like a skill-based game. So even though I hate the fact that I'm not allowed to do everything from the start in terms of like, that might be an explanation for why driving, flying and boats are so bad and shooting is terrible. Shooting is terrible as well. Everything's terrible. The whole game's terrible. Uh, <laughs> but it might be the case that it's only bad because I've just started and maybe my character will get better at those things and driving will become easier. That's possible. I don't know if that's the case. So what you, you have skills which you level up. It seems that way. Okay. And if that's the case, then maybe it's only really, really bad right now and it might become slightly less bad in the future. That just seems like poor design, really. Yeah. Surely in a game like that, you don't want to be like, oh, I want to get my driving skill a little bit better. Exactly. No, you're like, I want to grapple three planes together and you exactly. know, explode them with a rocket as I fly off into space. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll close out, because I haven't played it that much, so I can't really say that much. But like, I'll close out with that. It's just Just Cause 3, I just think it's awful. It's a massive step back from Just Cause 2. But, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm not going to completely throw it in the bin. I'm going to see what fun there is I mean, to you've, have of it. You've, you've, you've pretty much binned it. <laughs> Opinion-wise, in oh, this yeah. very I mean, public forum. If, if somebody asks me the question, should I buy Just Cause 3, it's a complete, unequivocal no. Like, do not wow. buy that game. Like, it's do not pay money for Just Cause 3. Wow. Well. <laughs> there you go. Let's know. Let's, okay, let, I think that's probably enough Just Cause 3 bashing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Let's not tell people what games they shouldn't buy. Let's tell people a game they definitely should buy. Because <laughs> we're moving on to what I've been playing since the last podcast. And actually, the answer is not very much because I've been really busy, which is a crap, <laughs> crap excuse. I've had a ton of stuff going on and I've not really been able to play many games. I squeezed in Life is Strange episode one. Seems like I should have played more of that, but <laughs> that's by the by. But what I have been playing pretty much nonstop for quite a few weeks now is uh, Destiny, the Taken King. And now, finally, we can sort of converse on it because you've also played some Destiny. Yeah, As I have. People who are following the channel will know our first Destiny video is out. Second yeah. video is Second out on the way. Second one's probably going to be uh, in a couple of days because this this will be probably be going up on the Wednesday. Wednesday this and week. And the yes. Friday will be another Destiny video, I think. So there you go. Only a couple of days to go before you get to rejoin our adventure in Destiny. So this, <laughs> this is sort of spurred on by a question. I'm going to ask the first ever question on the show. Oh my God, this is exciting. Yep. In my hand, I'm holding the list of questions. <laughs> The honour goes to Drusen of the 43 on YouTube, who asks... Hi, Drusen. <laughs> I'm curious about Riley's opinion of Destiny of the Taken King. I personally love the game and have spent about $150 for all of the expansions. Wow. But I feel like I've played it enough that it was worth it. Double wow. <laughs> so there's always the elephant in the room when you talk about Destiny of being a Destiny player is quite expensive. But I've not really had that experience and i'll explain why in a moment and you also really haven't had that experience either because you hopped on at the taking king yeah you got a lot of content although you paid full price for the taking king sucker <laughs> you got a lot of content for one but if for you know for one game purchase if you think about someone who's been in the game since the beginning you've got say i'll do it in british pounds 40 pounds for destiny 20 pounds for the first expansion 20 pounds for the second expansion that's 80 pounds then the taking king comes out that's another forty pounds. So you're yeah, one hundred and twenty pounds in as well. I assume Drusen's been uh, basically paying the same thing. But that in makes dollars. me sick because I only paid normal retail price for all of it. And you know, we'll we'll talk about my feelings in a moment. But my yeah. God, so I actually got Destiny, the original vanilla version, with my PlayStation Four. So I never, I don't feel like I really paid for the game. And what I played it a lot when I got it, but what 
made me drop off and I think a lot of people who played year one of Destiny have got the same story is when the first expansion came out 20 quid and it was sort of starting to come out in the media that there wasn't actually a lot of content in there and it kind of rubbed me up the wrong way you know 20 quid for what like a couple of maps a couple of bits of gear this sort of thing and uh, I stopped playing I just basically stopped playing it entirely and I didn't I shut down yeah I did <laughs> And I didn't start playing again until The Taken King came out. So when I got that, and I got a pretty good deal on that, I think it was like 35 quid or something, that came with the two DLC packs that I would have got in uh, in year one if I'd been playing at the time. But even better, because I got all this stuff at once, suddenly I loaded up Destiny, and I just had tons of stuff to do. I had tons of new missions, tons of new options, and I had more like levels to, to go up. They increased the level cap a couple of times. And I just basically fell back in love with it. And I've just been playing it non-stop ever since. And I can't stop. It's actually <laughs> having a real... I think you've pretty much answered the question there. Impact how do you, on my How do you feel about Destiny, Riley? <laughs> I can't stop playing it. I so, love it. I, like, I feel like I've gotten more than I deserve money-wise because I've kind of waited you know, and, and bought at the right times. I can sort of see why if you got everything at the time, why you might feel a bit of grief. But what you have to remember about Destiny, and I'm sure everyone knows this, but it is, it's basically an MMO. And that most MMOs, they'll come with like a monthly fee. Like if you play World of Warcraft or something, you have to pay a monthly subscription to keep playing that game. So I sort of feel like paying 20 quid once every three or four months for an expansion, it's kind of like paying your fees. It's kind of like kind of paying your subs and keeping the game going because it's expensive to run. And one thing you can't say about Bungie is that they put it out and stopped supporting it. Like, they constantly tweak it. And sometimes the community love it and sometimes the community hate it, but they keep working on it. And they've basically turned it into a really lovely game. And it's, like, a really <laughs> nice game as well because, like, there's no voice chat, so you don't have to listen to people squealing at you. You just do dance moves. And that's how you communicate to people, through the medium of dance. And I really like that. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that you love Destiny. I'm glad that you feel like you got your money's worth. Well... Let me tell you what. Let me tell you a few things <laughs> that I think they've done that, that have kind of... So where, where I am now, I've hit the level cap again. I'm level 40. Now, at that point, you don't level up in the traditional sense in that you don't kind of go level 41, 42. I'm at the ceiling. But that unlocks the end game, which is like basically a quest to upgrade your armor as much as you can, just get better and better gear. And that becomes the mark of how strong you are. This is all in front of you. You've got so much in your future. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm starting really getting into it now. Like I'm starting to earn you know, gold for all the fancy currencies, earning my strange coins, earning my legendary marks, upgrading my gear, buying guns from Zer, who's like a guy who comes to the tower every weekend and sells cool stuff. Got my first exotic armor, got my first exotic weapon. My guy's basically a total neon badass. He's like purple with green eyes <laughs> and he has a really cool gun. And he's got a cape. He's just, he's just the man. But they've done a lot of cool things in the Taken King. They've added, they, they've they've made a lot of what made Destiny hard and inaccessible a lot more friendly. Like there's like a quest system now, so you can keep track of all the things you got to do. And they've added this new enemy type, which is the Taken, who are they're like all the other enemies, but they've got kind of like they're like dark versions of all the other enemies. It's quite hard to describe, but they kind of have new abilities and they're a bit more badass and they're hard to beat. And they've also made it a lot easier to get cool stuff. Because in the first Destiny, it just felt like there were these guys who just had all the cool stuff and I could never be one of them. They were like, 
they were like the, uh, the, 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 the quarterbacks in your, yeah. in your American <laughs> high school lady story. <laughs> and I was just like the nerd yeah. kid at the back. You just want to date them so badly. <laughs> Pretty much. But now I'm like, no, I've got some of that stuff. And now the hours I've put in are starting to pay off. But it's still like, it still feels like there's more to learn. Even after tens and tens and tens of hours, there's still things going on on my screen. Like still guys in the tower. I have no idea why I'd ever want to talk to them. There's still mission types I've never done. There's still words coming up that I don't even understand. I'm still Googling basically every five minutes. I get on my laptop and I'm like, what the hell is this? What the hell is that? How do you do this? How do I get that? And it's like, it, it's, it's, it reminds me of like older games where it wasn't totally obvious what to do. You had to sort of figure it out. Sometimes you had to look online if it was the right time. Or sometimes you had to ask your mates and just sort of work out what was going on. And that's, that's pretty much what Destiny is. I have no idea what's going on. It's amazing. <laughs> a couple of things I don't like. It's still basically a grind fest. I can't really I can't really say to you that there's no grinding because there's grinding. There's a lot of grinding. You're going to be doing the same things. Arguably there's nothing for, but grinding. Pretty much over. Well, that depends on how you how you <laughs> how you would describe the word grinding in I don't, game. I know how I would describe destiny, but I'll let you, I'll let you finish. I'm almost finished. <laughs> you sit down. <laughs> Second thing, I'm still not gelling with the the Crucible, which is the player versus player. I've never actually played it, so I don't know what it is. Really. I think I think it's just because everyone's really good, and I'm not very good. And so when you're when you're playing against the computer, you feel like you can sort of hide from time to time. But this is like this is just a big arena. You can hide, but they'll find you. <laughs> they know where you are. Um, but there's some pretty cool stuff in the pipeline, and. Um, at the time of recording, I think the PlayStation Experience Conference was two days ago, I think, maybe three days. And they've announced Sparrow Racing. So a new mode where you basically get together like and race your race your little speeder bikes. I mean, come on. <laughs> what more is there? What more do I have to say? So in conclusion, Destiny is amazing. Um, I'm not that fussed about the money because I didn't pay it all out. But I, I agree with, with Drewson in that I think if I had bought it all at the time, I wouldn't feel sore about it because it's just there's so much in there and it's always being updated and, and improved. And, you know, Destiny 2 is on the way, so I've got to make my hunter really strong. So when Destiny 2 starts, I can just get straight back into it. Be an ultimate badass. Sparrow Racing is coming soon. That was a pretty good summary of uh, Destiny. Concise. That's how you do it concisely. I hit the table. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you want to hear what I think about this? Well, <laughs> hand on heart, not really. But yeah, you're not going to like it. No, I think it's important because but it's also you short. have played it now. And I tried to give you a sort of introduction to the game when we recorded the video series, which is coming out over the coming weeks. So I'd like to know what you think. Uh, I don't like it. And I'm sad to hear that. I don't think it's very good. And it's really for a few kind of simple reasons, really. It's because let's actually start with the good. There's not very much of it for me, but the good is, I think it's fun to play with friends. And we need more games like that because everything now is... There's there's so few kind of cooperative like multiplayer games anymore. Everything's trying to get people onto their own consoles and they only bring them together for big multiplayer-like shoot-em-ups. And it's... I think Destiny is... I can't think of another game since like Left 4 Dead, I think, where it just feels like you're part of a team questing after a goal. So I like that. I like that element of it. Important thing to add in that, yes, it's fun to play with friends. It's also fun to play with strangers. 
which yes, is very exactly. rare, very yeah, rare so. thing in games. So that is good. That is the good. The bad is for me, it's just pointless. Like, <laughs> like my biggest criticism of, of Destiny is it's pointless because to me, like, what is the point of Destiny? The point of Destiny is to get better armor, a better gun, higher level, like. Those things to me are pointless. Like, I'm not interested. I'm interested in an experience. And getting, like, level 40 armor, there's 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 no experience in that for me. There's no reason to do that other than wanting it. And I think... And I don't think it's bad because I, I, think, I think there's just two... There's probably way more than two. But, for, like, to, for the sake of this point, there's two kind of gamers. And there's, there's, like, gamers who are, like, I'm questing after achievement. And there's gamers who are questing after experience. And I think Destiny is definitely a game that doesn't have an experience. It has achievement, it has reward, and it has like the the it has the grind towards becoming a better Destiny player. But that's what it provides. What it doesn't have is any kind of experience. Because Destiny, I can I can say it's had absolutely no impact on me in any way. There is no story. The story that there is there is just absolute shash. Like it's terrible. It's like Halo bad. Like, uh, and it's actually it's like Halo in a lot of ways. But well, I I feel the need to sort of defend the story because <laughs> it is quite hard to defend the original story. Fair enough. It wasn't very good. It wasn't very well executed. They've fixed a lot of that in the Taken King and this new story thread that it gives you is actually really good and the, the characters are all you know memorable I would say I I agree that you could say what's the point but I would say what's the point in anything well that's, like literally anything well I think I think I think I made the point where the point for me in doing anything and specifically when playing a game is the experience is to be is to experience something and to be left with an impression of that and to go when I played this I felt this I experienced this for me like grind them up whatever you want to call it <laughs> or just even like things like Call of Duty as well because like is it unfair to compare Destiny and Call of Duty yes in some ways but no in terms of they're both pointless like there's nothing to be taken from that, because the point is in de- like what can you do in Destiny, like in comparison to a game like Life is Strange, for example. In Life is Strange, all you do is walk around and have conversations with people. In Destiny, you fly across space in spaceships and shoot crazy monsters. Like like, but there isn't any experience there, and that's. And I didn't not enjoy every part of it because I think if you watch the videos that are going up on the channel, like I'm having a good time. Like I'm enjoying myself and I'm like punching people out on other planets. It's great. It's just like what I like to do on Earth, but. Well, even <laughs> just there's, there's a lack of experience. Even just in the very isolated case of the time that we spent playing together, because I've I've probably like I don't know forty fifty hours in or something on my own. But even just the the brief time, the few hours we spent playing together, I found a lot of that very memorable. Like there were a lot of like really huge battles, there were really tough encounters, and some really hairy situations which we only just got out of, and you know by the skin of our teeth. That was all really exciting. And that sort of thing in games is what stays with me. Like, I remember when we did that and we ran through here and there were like 50 captains around and guys were sniping us from the top. Like that's, to me, that's like the, the experience of going through something as exciting as that in a video game. I, I, I understand that. I think the issue is that because that's all there is in Destiny, that I might feel that way the first time. I might feel that way the second time. Third time it's wearing off. Fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, a hundredth time. I just don't care anymore. <laughs> that's that's kind of how I see it and going back to the money because really that's all I have to say about Destiny like uh, what I've already said is I just think is Destiny bad like no it's not bad it's just I don't see the point in it like you know I don't have any desire to play Destiny if someone was like do you want to hop on and play Destiny I'd be like yeah cool let's play Destiny but I don't have a desire to play it there's no experience to be extracted from that all I've got 
is a long amount of shooting bad guys until I get to a level 40. And then once I get to a level 40, I'll just keep playing for armor and that's it. And I, I paid, what, about £45, I think? I paid the full retail yeah, price you, for you the did, Taken yeah. King. And I definitely don't think I got my money's worth, like, you know, in terms of... I don't really I don't really like to say that because I think it's just, like, total crap when someone's just like, oh, I'm not paying, like, retail for this because I expect that. I didn't expect anything for my £45. I think a game is whatever it costs, like, and that's just what it is. But basically, I, I handed over £45. I got Destiny. And the question is, am I happy with that purchase? Like, no, I wish I hadn't bought it. Wow. <laughs> but, you know... 120 pounds oh god i'd i'd be furious so like you look at it that way you know it, i like i like that they're looking out for the players in that respect because yes they've kind of screwed the people who early adopted but i like the fact that they're not excluding new players because the point is i i was like i want to play destiny i want to join riley in destiny and they didn't make me pay through the nose and wait 10 years to get there they said you can buy it all for £45 and you can instantly jump to level 25 so you don't have to grind for 10 months. I think that's why they've done that. And I think um, like a lot of people come from MMO backgrounds and I don't. Like I'm not, I've never been an MMO player. I've never played World of Warcraft or any of those games. This to me feels like a really accessible MMO though. Like It feels like it takes the parts of the MMO which I've always been curious about and they've always appealed to me, but removed the sort of traditionally less exciting and intense and interactive gameplay. There's a lot of clicking on stuff yeah. in, in World of Warcraft. In here, I'm running around using basically an improved version of the shooting mechanics from Halo. And say what you like about Halo, but it had very fun shooting in it. Yeah. You might not like <laughs> you might not like that it was floaty, you might not have liked, you know, the the way all the enemies were, you know, weird, colourful aliens, but I think it's like just a run and gun game. It was very enjoyable. So I think Destiny does a lot of things right for me where a lot of FPSs get wrong and a lot of MMOs certainly seem to get wrong. But this is like taking those two things together and done some very interesting stuff. I would it. agree with that statement. I would say that Destiny does a lot of things that shooters and MMOs do wrong. I think Destiny does it right. But I would, for me, I can't get over the fact that it kind of doesn't matter how right it does it because there's not really a reason to play it for me. I think I think to play Destiny, you have to be driven by like individual achievement. I don't I don't think there's any other I don't think there's a way to to deny that because there isn't anything else there. Like and I get that's for because I'm not saying that that's like a negative. I'm not that's why I'm not saying Destiny's a bad game because all I'm doing is basically highlighting the fact that I think certain people are motivated by certain things. And I, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that you're probably not going to find many people who like Destiny and also like The Order and the other way around. I think you play games for a reason. And I think the reason that people like Destiny is incompatible with liking story games and the reason people who like story games is incompatible with liking a game like Destiny. I think Most can, of the time. I, I think you can, you can sort of have it all. I just don't. I can't think off the top of my head of any games that have actually really done that. Well, I think that's the reason. I think that's the reason that because I'd like to think that. I'd like to think that I could appreciate anything that was good, but at the same time, I can't think of an exception. I mean, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Red Dead Redemption. I don't know. Red Dead Redemption's a big open world. It's got like skills developing and stuff. It's a shooter, but it's also heavy on. I don't know. Maybe Red Dead Redemption's something to talk about. But I think. I think if you were to go back and play Red Dead now, you would notice how clunky it is 
gameplay wise. It's funny, it's funny you should mention that because I played it last week. Okay. And I still think it's great. Okay, <laughs> well, I think you've, you know, I think I think you would, you would be very hard pressed to say anything negative about Red Dead. I know you you really really like that game. Yeah, it might come. I, I don't know what you've got in your question sheet there, but it might come back up in a little in a little moment. <laughs> well, in the interest of moving things on, because we have been talking for almost yep. an hour now, and we've got a few things to get through. Um, I'll skip over. But it's over. been a fun hour. You know what? It has <laughs> been a fun hour. I was going to talk a little bit about Fallout 4, but to be honest, I've played it so little. I've only put like, I would say maybe 30 or 40 minutes into Fallout save, 4. Save that for the New Year edition. I'm not ready to talk about it yet. So we'll <laughs> come back to This is the Christmas edition. This is the Christmas edition, yes. <laughs> Hopefully by then I'll have tried a little bit of Just Cause 3 and I'd like to play Star Wars Battlefront. Oh yeah, right. none of us have played that. I played the beta. I didn't, I didn't even play the beta. It was like Star Wars. It looks fun. Yeah. I like watching the GIFs. Yeah, the, no, the some fun, people call fun things happen. Actually, that's what I've quite liked about uh, Just Cause Three is like just the most mad stuff happening yeah. and gifts that people well, are putting online. I hope to achieve some of that stuff, but they make it really hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's unfriendly. So one of the things we want to do in this podcast is talk about some of the videos that we have been making over the last, you know, the most recent period since the podcast that came before. Last decade. The last decade, yeah. <laughs> which you know, it's not that many. Um. Not just the kind of regular, we're playing this game, blah, 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 sort of videos, but like the ones where we did something a little bit different. Yeah, we'll like, talk about the special videos. The feature, the feature content, the, the Saturday night mag- yeah. magic. So I won't, I'll take, I'll take over here because I know Go what we're it. talking about. Uh, I won't talk too long about this because I don't really think there's you know, a huge point because maybe some new people are here and they haven't seen this video and maybe they'll go check it out after this. But for a lot of the listeners, I think you have seen it. And uh, we're going to talk about the Beginner's Guide to the Beginner's Guide, which is one of my favourite videos. I think it might be my favourite long-term video ever. I'm pretty happy with it. And I just thought that we would talk about why we made that video and what it was meant to be. Because that might be interesting to some of you. And if it's not interesting, then, you know, in the same time as asking questions for next time, tell us to not waste time with a stupid uh, stupid well, section. It's really important that you guys tell us because we're just not going to know. Yeah. <laughs> So if you don't like anything, just tell us and we won't do it again. Yeah, so basically, because I actually, there was quite a lot of activity on the video recently. It's got like, it's got like 150 views, 140 views or something, which is big. It's bigger than our normal view count. Yep. And uh, there was some, a lot of, there was some people on Twitter talking about it and stuff. And I, it made me think about how people were ob- observing that video, how people, what meaning they were taking from it. So I wanted to clear up what my intentions were. So everybody then knows and... That's it, really. So why don't we call this feature the Beginner's Guide to the Beginner's Guide to the Beginner's Guide? I think that's a good idea. So, basically, I'm not going to do the code of... No, 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 please please don't, because I don't think you can keep that up for for any length of time. Basically, when I played the Beginner's Guide, first of all, I'd like to say I think it's great. I think the Beginner's Guide is is really good. I think Uh, we can probably both agree on that. Yeah, it's it's excellent. It's weird as hell, and it's kind of like... Well, it's not kind of. It's very pretentious. It's very weird. It's very very pompous game. Yeah, but it's also very good. And I, I think it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, and that's what I liked about it. I think, I think everybody can play that game and take what they want from it. And I really enjoyed what I took from it. And I just think it was very well made. The soundtrack was great. It looked great. It's it just a very cool idea. And I wanted to start with that because that's one of the points I wanted to get across. I, I, I felt like it was obvious, but I don't know if everybody shares the opinion that the video that we made was not meant to be a mockery of the Beginner's Guide. It was meant to just be kind of... I mean, parody is maybe like closer, but I don't even think it's like a parody. It's like, it's kind of... When I played the Beginner's Guide, I very quickly kind of sussed on to what I thought was happening. Yeah. 
which was basically that there was no coda and this was like the guy's inner monologue and it, it was kind of like a level upon a level because the real maker of the game is basically playing the part of the narrator and he's analyzing himself but he's made this game <laughs> so he can like analyze himself dealing with this fake character to kind of convey a message about the creative process and, and it's that's probably a bad explanation but that's kind of what i took from it and i thought wouldn't it be funny if somebody well it's not even what what would it be funny if because i think this is happening like if you if you tw uh, searched on twitter for the beginner's guide you just see tons of tweets and commentary for people talking about what it was about and what they thought and what they thought of x and what they thought of y and that's the whole point of the beginner's guide the whole point of it i think what i took from it is it's about how people project their own feelings onto a, a piece of work and how they project what they think the person meant and what it means to them and what and why they should you should do this because this is what i think and, and it's like the whole point is that it's not about you <laughs> like it's it's for the viewer but it's not like it's not like the, the viewer doesn't dictate how something should be made I, I I'm I don't feel like I'm looking at Riley's face. You're losing me there. Yeah. Just to, towards the end you were losing me. I had you right until the end. <laughs> it's really hard to explain what the beginner's guide is, and I think that's the point of the beginner's guide. It's well I'm 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 struggling with if you do you mean what it was like to you or what it was like objectively. Let, in let general, me try and explain content wise. As someone who went to film school. Oh Christ, here we yeah, go. I had a I had a big Settle issue. In, folks. Yeah, I had a big issue with the studying of film. Because I wanted to learn how to make films. And I think to learn how to make films, you do have to watch a lot of films and you do have to study them because you have to see what other people have done. But I hated like film theory and film studies because you basically, you watch a movie and then people talk about it like they actually know why it was made. So they go, well, the director was obviously trying to say this about that. And by using this camera angle, he was trying to show the feelings. of. And to me, that's all bullshit, right? <laughs> like all of that is bullshit because it's not that it isn't relevant. Because people's commentary and people's like thoughts on things are relevant. It's extremely relevant. That's why you make artwork so that people can view it and have opinion on it. It's, but the point for me is when people actually start to believe that that's like correct, and that's what you get at film school. People will say when Steven Spielberg did this, he was doing this, and I'm like, you don't know that. <laughs> you don't know what the intention of that work was. All you know is what that person did and how you took it. You can only interpret something really like that. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I think the beginner's guide is in a really creative, weird way trying to say. Uh, that's kind of how I took it. It's basically like the, be the beginner's guide is saying like everybody has their own opinion. Everybody thinks everything about this game and thinks about this game and thinks about a creator and thinks about this. And the point is all of that is just what you think. And it says more about you than it says about the creator of the work. Yeah, see, I, I, I really struggled with, like, I struggled to talk about it because I don't think it's affected me on the same level that it's affected a lot of people, to be honest. When I was playing it, I sort of, I, I got into, like, I sort of just got, got behind the idea. Like, I wasn't kind of thinking too much about, you know, who is this mysterious yeah. code person. I was actually just taking it as it was being presented, even though it became very clear that it was kind of, you yeah. know, a level ahead of me in that in that way. And I was just kind of enjoying exploring these kind of little mini worlds like that that was what was more enjoyable to me than trying to think about what does davy reading want me to think here or, or what is he trying to say or yeah. you know what what message is he trying to put across 
I think it's fair. I, I think it's totally fair to take the game like that. Uh, because I, I also want to point out, because I just feel like, because my explanation has been so bad, because it's impossible to talk about the beginner's game. I think that's, it is. That's yeah. the point. It's you really can't hard. talk about this game. And my point is not to say, listen, everybody, this is what I think it is. That's the whole point. The whole point of what I'm saying is that what I think it is is not what it is. The po- the whole point of the beginner's guide is like it's a it's a really successful experiment. I think because it's basically a game that shows everybody the point that that what they think something is is not what it is it's all about everybody putting their own view on it so the whole point is davy is talking about coda in the game the whole time and the whole point is it's nothing to do with coda none of this game is about coda it's all about him that's the point that i took and that was really the motivation for the video i thought isn't it funny that everybody is now doing what the game is basically like pointing out yeah. everybody is now analyzing what the maker of the game meant or some people thought it was real. Some people think Coda's real and Davy's real, and they're analyzing what Davy in the mm. film in the game is doing. And I think that's hilarious. And that's basically what I thought that that video was an attempt for me to kind of poke fun at that concept. Which I guess, if it's making fun of anything, is I guess that video is my way of kind of having a chuckle at the fact that I think so many people fell into the trap of what the beginner's guide is. Mm-hmm. Whereas the point was, I'm going to watch the beginner's guide and I'm going to be like, I know what's going on here. He's trying to trick me by saying it's this, but I know what's really going on. And and obviously I have no idea what's going on. I'm just I'm just as crazy as the Davy character is. Well, it does kind of feel like this sort of trap for people to fall into that was was set. Yeah. And like because the game just comes out of nowhere, really. It literally came out of nowhere. Yeah. And Davy Reading didn't do any interviews surrounding it. He didn't do any press. He didn't speak to anyone. So. And he plays himself. At the very start of yeah. the game, he introduces himself as himself. He, 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 there is no indication that it is not real, other than just a feeling of it not being real. I, I, I think it's very clever what he's done. And I think it's incredibly clever. people talking about yeah. it. Yeah. And I, just, just the fact of what I'm talking about here and the yeah. fact that we're talking well, about exactly. it now yeah. is, is testament to how successful he was. Because in the same way that he owned the people who I think fell into the trap, he also owned me because he made me make this video. Like, like it's like it's a, it's a very, very clever thing. <laughs> he's he's almost like like the real Peter Molyneux. Yeah, I don't know if I want to like hang out with Davy Reed and talk philosophy with him, but I think he's a very clever guy. He's got he's he's definitely got a vision of how he wants to tell stories. He's very good at it. But that was that was basically what I wanted to clear up. And to be honest, I don't think I've achieved it. I think no, I've made it more complicated. Not, not anything just added another another layer of yeah. complexity on top of it. But basically, I want in the same way that I think. My interpretation of the beginner's guide is that Davy Reardon identified something in the creative process and he made a game which essentially tricked everybody in a way into either realizing what they didn't realize before or tricked them into actually falling into the trap. Like the, the, the game basically forces a reaction of one of two kinds, I think. One, tr- one is you do what he was trying to highlight lots of people do, mm-hmm. and the other was you think about it and you realize it in a way you hadn't done it before. Well, if you haven't played the Beginner's Guide, you should go out and play the Beginner's Guide because it is w- w- whether you take the same things that Claw's taken or from what I've taken or what anyone else has taken from it, it's still definitely worth playing and just taking whatever you yeah. want from it. And then watch our video if you haven't yeah. already. And the point is, when the game, funny. when you finish the game, if you have an opinion on what it was, then you fell for it, <laughs> just like I have. Maybe I didn't fall for it. Then. Maybe that's why I'm not sitting here, kind of. Going I, along I, with well, it. I think I'm... I think the only way to not fall for it is what you said: is to look at it as just like as just mechanics, like yeah. play it with the sound off, 
and then <laughs> and then and then you're not falling for it. And also, it's just like since we're talking about the Getter's Guide, I also let's say yeah. one other note. Uh, the person who did the music, I should have wrote down both the names. There was a composer of the soundtrack, yes. Ryan something. I can't. I honestly can't remember his name, and that's bad. But P- poor show. If you type, uh, if you type the Beginner's Guide soundtrack into Google, you'll get the Bandcamp like link, and he's he's on there. He like made most of the music, but the end credit song is called "Turn Back," and it's sung by. I believe it's Helena. I don't. I'm gonna kill her name. So I don't know how you say it. But I think it's Helena Heron. I don't. It's Heron. Heron. I, I don't know. know. No, I don't know. Sure, I'm not sure. I don't know how you're meant to say it. But she sings. It's a really good. I think it's a really well. It's a really good song. She yep. sings it very well. And it's the song that I absolutely butcher in the end credits. And we thought it was hilarious. And it was just. We just did that purely for fun. There's no. There's no more thought behind that. But apparently, she watched the video and heard me singing the song and thought it was quite funny. And that made me really happy because that was my goal. My goal was that if someone watched our video and thought these people are making fun of the beginner's guide because they don't get it, that's not what it was about. <laughs> and I, I I, feel like I don't think Davey Reed didn't see the video. I don't think he ever will. But I feel like at least on, in some way, some people involved in that game have seen the video mm. and they thought it was funny. And that makes me happy. Even yeah. if it was just the end credit song. I mean, for for anyone at all, he's not, good show. He hasn't seen the game, seen the video, whatever. Even even if you don't, even if you watch the video that, that we put out and you don't understand any of it or you don't care about any of it, it's still worth checking out for the end credits because it's it's really magical. Yeah, I I have a beautiful voice. It's a real tearjerker, and I lay it down. <laughs> and I'd like to thank you know the original makers of the song for making it, so I'd have something to sing for, for something to cover, and also for what it seems being very good sports about it. Oh, good. Very good. Well, and I think it was really fun to make. It's my favourite video. Go watch it again. My favourite video, I think, is uh, Viscera Cleanup Detail, episode 47. <laughs> any, I think any, we really came into our stride yeah. after episode 40. To be honest, any video where we're trolling Davey is funny because Viscera Cleanup Detail and uh, us playing Outlast <laughs> are just classics. Oh, uh, Outlast, yeah. yeah when Davey gets angry, it's not fake. He's not doing that for the camera or for the microphone. Davey is a ball of rage. He really is. Anyway, we're far too young to be going back over our back catalogue. Yeah, we are. Like status quo or something. Yeah. So let's move on. Let's move on to the now. And very briefly, because I don't think we can really talk a huge amount about it, but what we thought were our games of the year. And the reason why I'm saying, because obviously there's been tons of games this year, but we haven't really played that many of them because we're, we're either working on the channel or you know doing our day jobs and stuff. So most of the games that we play are not picked because they're from 2015 or they're new or they're current, trust me. They're, they're picked because we think, okay, that's going to be a funny one to play or you know we're going to... You know, we're, we're going to get some some good stuff out of, of playing this game, or if it just looks particularly interesting, things like the beginner's guide just did that. But we don't. We're not like queuing up at the shop to buy every new release and play yes. it and give a serious review and a score out of ten and and all this kind of thing. So I don't think we've really played that many between us, like big, really awesome games that yeah. were released this year. I also think it's important to note that I, I won't speak for Riley, but I don't know shit when it comes to. <laughs> comes to judging games like i will never be a video game journalist like or any kind of journalist but i i you know i also don't think i don't think i have a right <laughs> to to rate games but i do know what i liked and i'll talk about that yeah i don't I, this, I know what i like and don't like this is not going to be like objective journalism this is just going to be what you liked what you didn't like well not even what you didn't like let's just keep it positive yeah what, you know what are some games this year that you liked more than any other games from this year i'll i'll say what mine are uh I'll say my top three of this year, and then I'll say the one. And it's I think 
Life is Strange yep. is in there. The Order is in there. I think probably The Beginner's Guide is in there. Those are my three. And I actually think, even though it's still fresh, so it has an advantage over The Order and everything because it was in February, I think Life is Strange, I think, is the best game I played this year. I think it's a masterpiece. Fair. Okay. Claw's so, Game of the Year. Yeah. Life is Strange. Claw's Game of the Year. Do you think year. before the end of the year you're likely to play any more games that were released this Well, year? Just Cause 3 might win me back. <laughs> <laughs> Doubtful. So, for me, I wrote down three, but to be honest, one of them is just not actually that good a game, which is weird to be in my, my top games of the year. <laughs> but um, I, wrote down, I wrote down Batman Arkham Knight, um, and it's not really that good a game. I thought it was like really broken. It's, on PC, it's very broken, but on consoles, it's fine. It's, um, it's actually a really, really good Batman game that's totally ruined by the Batmobile sequences. There's a lot of times when you're basically plunged you're forced to get into the batmobile which is quite fun to drive around the city but it also has like a tank mode where it's wheels it goes onto like four wheels that can move independently and it just moves around like uh so it can go side to side and forward and back i'm doing hand motions you can't see them (laughs) (laughs) and it slows the game down and it's horrible and you've just got to do these endless tank battles and it, it kills the pace of the game it doesn't feel like a batman game and it's a shame because that was probably going to be like right up there for me. That was going to be fighting for the top spot. But those poorly thought out sequences ruined it for me. So so what does make the grade for you? What makes the grade for me is, uh, well, I spoke about Destiny a little bit. And I have put a lot of time into it. And I find myself now when I sit down with some time to play games, always going back there. So by that logic, it's got to be up there, right? But yeah, if you if you like playing something and you don't want to stop playing it, it's a pretty strong endorsement. Exactly. And I I do think it is actually a very, very, very good game. However, um a big part of my gaming this year was playing through all of the Metal Gear Solid games, or the main games in the in the series. And I spent a good couple of months just trying to get through them. And I was rushing a little bit, but I still enjoyed pretty much every single one I played. And I don't know if I, if, I, if I hadn't done that, would I have enjoyed The Phantom Pain as much as I did? I don't know. But We'll never know. I did do that. <laughs> so my game of the year is Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain. It's a flawed masterpiece. It's almost... It's sort of like dangling so carefully on a line and it could fall either way into like the masterpiece pile or into just... The, the the sort of shambolic mess pile like it's it's really it's really fragile it feels really fragile because mechanically it's brilliant the gameplay is fantastic the story is just not there and it's unfinished and you really can't you can't sort of like overlook that the yeah. game was released before it was finished simple as they had to wrap it up and then all of the stuff that's come out after it with Kojima being yeah just all the kicked out of Konami stuff, yeah. and you know banned from going to award ceremonies it's kind of like bitter it's, it's i'd say it's bittersweet basically the end of metal gear it's been like a long long series it's ran for a long long time and it's kind of very close to most gamers of my generation because the first one came out when we were kind of in our teens and you know getting heavily into into video games with the playstation one I was getting heavily into drugs <laughs> that that came later that came with metal gear solid 2 but we'll talk about that later yeah another that'll, time that'll turn anybody to, to <laughs> um so yeah, like I thought I thought about this a lot, but even though at the moment I'm spending a lot of time with Destiny, 
I think a lot about Metal Gear Solid Five, and some, sometimes I, th- I think about it just because I have a hard time deciphering whether or not it's better than people think it is or worse than people think it is. It's a very it, it sort of tears me it tears me apart a little bit thinking about it, but um, I think anything that can you can enjoy that much, you can play for that long, and you can be thinking about that often. It's got to be something pretty special. So for that reason, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain is my game of the year. But I haven't played Fallout 4 yet. Yeah. But there you go. Doesn't, doesn't look like that's going to... Life is Strange spot. and Metal Gear Solid, The Phantom Pain. Those are the games you got to play if you haven't played them. Yeah. And what's your game of the year, by the way? Not you, Claw. I'm talking to the viewers now. But uh, <laughs> if you if you want to tell us your game of the year, please do tell us on Twitter. Um, and if you ask us questions, we'll read them out on the podcast, as we're about to do now. Oh, is that where we are? We're on questions now. We've already answered a few, I think, but well, let's, we just, let's rattle through them because we we're running quite long. So let's okay, just let's get through them. I mean, we'll talk what needs to be talked about, but let's just get, let's to just the get through it. Let's get through it. Okay. First question. This is from uh, the DJ Ducky Duck on Twitter. <laughs> we know him as Ducky, but I watch yeah. I'm going to read full names. I actually out like that because nobody ever reads the. I'm going to read full names. Yeah. Out. Um, so he asks two questions. The first is, this is not actually a question, but it says, it would be interesting to know what games you guys consider hidden gems. Ooh. So <laughs> this is this could be a pretty expansive topic in its own right. So what, what do you reckon? Just sort of games that are slightly off the beaten track that you wouldn't necessarily yeah. consider? I'll try not to talk too much because I, thought, I saw this question earlier today and I thought about it. Uh, there's a couple of games that I'll just mention and I'm not going to say too much about them. I think... There's a bunch of Star Trek games, Star Trek FMV games, where they're basically like interactive video games, and one of them, games. one of them is called Star Trek Borg. I think it's great. I think it's great as it's great for Star Trek fans, but it's also just probably one of the best like FMV games has ever been. Like it's just, I just think it's great. And a lot of people don't know those games. Star Trek fans obviously do. Most people are familiar with them, but but like I would list that. I would also list Dino Crisis, which yeah, I played yeah. on the Dreamcast, which is basically like a Resident Evil clone. But it's just, I just think it didn't get the respect it deserved. Everybody was like, oh, Resident Evil ripoff, like, and they just discounted it. But it's really good. It's really atmospheric. The story's good, and it plays good. It's like Resident Evil. The original Resident Evil is like 1, 2, 3. <laughs> and Code Veronica. <laughs> yeah. Any others? And 4. Yeah, I forgot 4, but it's 5 that's when it gets bad. Yes. Yeah, and, and last of all, I don't know if this is a hidden gem. I think most people know it. Wrongtown fans definitely know it, because I've played it on the channel. Mm-hmm. Is uh, One Chance which yep. is like a flash game where you basically get to play through one attempt to save the world. You're like a scientist trying to fight a virus of some kind and you get one chance to play through the game and every decision you make matters. And I thought that was worth mentioning because a lot of people do know it, but I don't think it's like incredibly high regard. Like I don't think people talk about it like as lofty as I think they should because I think it's really, really good and I think it's probably like one of the best not commercially released games I could ever think of. Like, yeah, I remember when when that sort of like broke out in like you know computer labs when I was at university and everyone started hearing about it and everyone was playing it and everyone was trying to get different endings and we were trying to break it so we could have a second go and stuff. Yeah, it's it's really really special. Yeah, it's really good and I think everything the guy does is good. I'm not going to kill the second name. I just don't know how you say it. His first name's Dean. His second name's like Monahan or nice, something. Nice Dean, one, Dean. Dean Monahan. I don't like, But basically his website, it's Awkward Silence. That's what he makes games under and it's www.awkwardsilence.co.uk. He makes like a lot of other games. Another game called The Body, which is great. And another one called Red. All his games are, are kind of like One Chance and they're really, really strong. And I think, I think One Chance is a game that anybody who hasn't played should play. And also you should check out his other stuff. And also... 
I don't know how legitimate it is, but I actually didn't realize he was on Twitter and I started following him uh, really? recently. Okay. And he's definitely hinting at uh, another, I think it's called One More Chance. And it's basically like an overhauled version of One Chance, like graphically, gameplay wise. It looks really exciting if it's real. That, like, that, that is exciting because that is the one thing I would say about One Chance is that it's quite buggy, it's easy to break, yeah. and it's not much of a looker. So. Yeah, that, that's yeah. that's exciting news. If you go to Awkward Silence and you'll probably get his Twitter through there, you'll see one chance. You'll see the the body. I recommend as being great. The body's excellent, and uh, he seems to be working on bringing a new version of One Chance uh, back to the back to the caving market. That's good. I think it would do well. Yeah. So those are those are my hidden gems. Cool. Well, mine. I I opted to go for a couple of quite recent games, and for some reason, I found myself leaning towards mobile devices and I, th- I do think that's a good place to go for hidden gems because people write off mobile games yeah very easily it's just and, being and, trash in some way fairly because oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, because it is a heavily trash to good ratio like it's like 90 percent trash 10 percent good so i've got two games on here that are on ios and android and the third game is a little bit special but i'll wait on that <laughs> one the first one is a puzzle game called no more kings and no more kings is um it's it's a very it's it's like you're presented with a bunch of puzzles that you solve one at a time and they're all based around chess pieces and chess boards and there will be a layout of random chess pieces and the objective is to take every piece but when you move one piece and take another piece you become that piece so every every piece gets one move and you have to do it sequentially so the first one I've got to use, let's say it's a pawn so I've got to go diagonally to take a, a, a knight then I have to move in the knight pattern the L shape yeah, yeah. to take the next one the next one the next one and you basically just have to work out. There's only one way of getting from the start all the way around to the end. And it starts off very simple uh, and quite satisfying, actually. And then it gets like sort of fiendishly difficult. And I think it's the kind of thing that people who like chess would probably like to just sit on the bus and kind of basically solve little chess puzzles. I like chess and I haven't heard of this. So I'm going to play it. And it's free. Even better. Zero like, pounds. One, zero one pounds. chance is also free. It is, yes. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. So I would recommend No More Kings, iOS and Android. Another game, iOS and Android, is a game called Alone, which you and I did play at the time, but we didn't play it on the channel. Yeah. And it's like uh, it's kind of like an endless runner game, and it, you, you, you control like a little spaceship, which is flying horizontally, and you control it by moving your finger up and down on the screen to control your, your kind of pitch. But the pitch is reversed, so when you pull your finger down, the ship goes up. It's fiendishly hard. It's fiendishly hard. It's very, very well made and clever, but it also like has a great like aesthetic. Like the music is amazing. Yeah, the graphics are amazing. It's really well. It's nicely polished. It's very polished. Yeah. That is a studio called Laser Dog Games who make very cool stuff. They've had another game out which I won't talk about because maybe we could play it sometime on the channel. But uh, alone, iOS and Android, not free, but not very expensive. So I recommend getting that one. Yeah. My last hidden gem before we move on. Is a game on the Nintendo DS. I'm not going to know this one then. <laughs> Have you heard of Rhythm Tengoku? No. It's incredible. <laughs> it's an absolutely incredible rhythm game. And it basically is just all this mad, it's like a mad Japanese music game. And you re- you interact with it. Like the action plays out on the top screen and you tap on the bottom screen. You sort of tap and, uh, tap and flick are like the two actions that you do. But you have to do them in time with the music. So maybe it's like a, a troupe of monkeys who are backing dancers for a singer. And you have to clap in time and to clap. I love it. I'm you, sold. You, you tap the stylus on the screen. And then to make your monkey jump, you flick it up You know to, to do that sort of thing. Yeah. It's so amazing. And I've always wanted to bring it to the channel. But because it's a DS game, it's very difficult to capture. So I don't know if we ever can. But if you have a DS and you don't have Rhythm Tengoku, 
you need to go out and get it. If you're in the UK or Europe, I believe it's called Rhythm Heaven. But if you're sort of downloading the game, if you can do that, <laughs> you can get the Japanese version, which is called Rhythm Tengoku. And it is absolutely amazing. Hidden gems. Next question. <laughs> we got uh, into that one. DJ Ducky Duck, very quick answer, Claude, but his second yes. uh, question was, what's the story behind Claude's Halo 3 hate? Uh, I can do this quickly. Go on. It's rubbish. It controls bad. The single player is incredibly crap. The story is rubbish. The enemies are bad. The shooting is bad. Everything is bad. It's terrible. The only thing that's good about it is that one multiplayer map where you can get in Jeeps and drive around and fly the planes. What I will say is Halo 3 is a big pile of crap. ODST was a very, very good effort at making it better. You know, I, I, I don't rate the Halo games, any of them. ODST is the best one. ODST was a very strong effort to make a Completely good game. Completely agree. It's the Alien 3 of that series. Yeah, it's, Everyone, it's, So many people dislike it, but it's quite clearly the best. Yeah, ODST was a valiant effort to make a really good Halo game, and I almost got on board. I, I love Halo 3, and I think ODST is outstanding. Yeah, my main complaint in Halo 3 is it's boring and rubbish. <laughs> so to answer your question, DJ Ducky Duck, he wasn't hugged enough as a child, and now he hates life. Yes. Next question. Yes. At Frazzle89Dazzle on Twitter asks, quite <laughs> quite aggressively, yep. why is Wrong Turn Riley such a hater? I think he's just one of those guys. He's just a, he's just king of the trolls. That's, uh, that, I mean, that's my view. I mean, I think that's a question the audience should answer. I'd like to respond. I'd like to. I'd like to respond by asking at Frazzle eighty nine Dazzle a question of my own, and that is, how far do you think you can run from me, boy? Because I'll find you. Yeah, I, I would like to hear what anybody who watches uh, Rogtard's videos has to say on uh, on, on oh, why do they think Riley's the way he is. <laughs> I actually don't think I'm a hater. I, I, there's so many things I like. I just have a really hard time, as you've noticed in the Destiny thing. I've got a really hard time. I have a really hard time sort of articulating why I like things. I find it very easy to say why I don't like things. And that's why I'll never be a reviewer, because I can only say bad I things. I think after my attempt to explain why I made the Beginner's Guide video, everything's going to seem good from there. <laughs> like, that was a shambles. No, it wasn't a shambles. I just didn't know what to say. Because I'm, I don't think on the same level as you. You're, you're, like, you're like some sort of fucking artist. Yeah, that's I, your problem. I'm like Max Caulfield. <laughs> <laughs> In that you're a teenage girl. Yes! <laughs> Next question. Next question. At EconStan on Twitter asks... What would happen if Wrongtown Enterprises took over the world? I can answer this one. Infrastructure would suffer. <laughs> That's a good answer. I don't, I don't have anything to add to that other than that I'm very unhappy that she managed to get a question on this show. <laughs> <laughs> next uh, next yeah. question. But this, this, one is, this one is tough. I really want to ask this question. It's okay. from at 4J Steve. Okay. He says it's the one question that must be asked. Okay. We're going to suffer here. Yeah. Favorite game. That's actually pretty easy for me. It's hard It's hard in terms of I don't think I can say a number one, but I know my favourite games ever. Just rattle a few off then. Yeah, Red Dead Redemption. Good choice. Shemu. Great choice. Shemu 1. Yeah, of course. The Last of Us. Yep. Life is Strange. Uh -huh. Do I have any more? What would I add to that? It's either going to be for the fifth, it's either going to be Minecraft, but I think everybody just knows and accepts what Minecraft is. I don't think it needs to be on a list. No. I would put Order as, the Order as number five. Okay, fine. Um, and I'd say if I was forced to pick a one, I think Red Dead Redemption is probably the best game ever made. I, I thought you'd say that, yeah. yeah. It's a fantastic game. Yeah. Um, for me, Shenmue 1, uh, I don't know if it's the best. I would also go far further back to Sonic 3. Big game for me. Um, Time Splitters 2, I think is absolutely incredible. I, yeah. know, I know you disagree, but it's one of my favourites of all no, time. No, I don't, I don't disagree. It's great. I wouldn't have it anywhere near my top 10, but is Time Splitters a great game? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, controversially, I might be tempted to say Mass Effect 2, 
which is very controversial, I think, but but there it is. <laughs> yeah. Eat it. Eat it, world. <laughs> and the final question. Uh, another one from Drewson. He's in here twice. Oh, at Drewson of the 43 on Twitter. <laughs> he says, what did you guys do before you got into making video content? Did you ever work at like a grocery store or something? First thing I'll say, Drewson, is we still do this stuff even <laughs> while we make video content. Yeah, I'm going off to a grocery store now to work. Yeah, that's, uh, that's basically it. Any, anybody, to just clear that up, anybody who thinks that Wrongtown is what we do as a job, it's not. <laughs> oh, oh my, no. It's it's not. It's actually quite harmful to Well, you, to you, you, you sort of alluded before in that you, you said you went to film school. I, I also did like a kind of technical production job. I used to, I did audio and I used to do music composing for, for Claw's films. I made rubbish music for his rubbish films. That was basically, yeah. it brought us together. We're, a, failed, a we're failed artists. That's we're what we are. We're failed artists. But we both have, we both have reasonably yeah. technical yeah, jobs I, would say, I guess I would say that's our that's the generic history of both of us and to be honest I can actually speak for both of us because it's pretty much the same yeah. the answer to your question is yes we did all the same kind of things that normal people do we we worked in grocery stores and we had part time jobs while we were students and, you know all the things that everybody does and then we went to our we went our separate ways to be educated Riley in audio and me more video and we made films and Riley made music for films and sound for films and then we both started working kind of in the technical media industry and that's basically what we still do and that's when we became lovers yeah <laughs> so we don't really get to do creative fun stuff which i think is probably why wrong Tide exists but we yeah. work in a similar industry we're lucky enough to work in the media industry so we get to do things like this for play well that is the last question and this has been a long podcast so yeah, i think we long, should probably but, wrap but up worth it i think it has been worth it I, I actually enjoyed answering those questions. I wish we got to them a little bit sooner because I think like best game and stuff like that we could probably yeah. have went on for an entire like, episode. Questions about. are great and they're fun. So like yeah. ask as many questions as you want. Ask whatever you want because if it's terrible, we just won't mention it. So oh, yeah. don't if anything can be asked. You don't have to worry about insulting us. We're I mean we're we're very we're not thick skinned. We'll definitely have a little cry if you insult us, but yeah. we'll get over it. Yeah, and revenge is also, <laughs> will also yes. happen to At Frazzle eighty nine Dazzle yeah. is gonna be learning all about revenge very, very soon. <laughs> So I think we're we're probably done here. So a little yeah. bit of a uh, bit of the housekeeping to get yeah. through. I mean, um, this is this is probably the last podcast we're going to do before the Christmas holiday. Yes. So uh, Merry Christmas to all those people who celebrate that holiday. <laughs> if if you don't enjoy a few days off work, yeah, hope, exactly. If you get them, I hope you do. Um, <laughs> so you guys should probably follow us on Twitter, right? Yeah. At Wrong Time, that's like the channel where we post about videos and we do like calls for questions. And actually, if you want to ask questions, the best way to do that is to tweet at Wrong Time. Yep. Uh, if for any reason you want to follow Claw, you can follow him at Wrong Time Claw. And if for any crazy reason you want to follow me, at Wrong Time Riley on Twitter. Um, and don't we, forget to follow at Claw Cinema Club oh, if you at like Claw movies. Cinema Club, of course, yes. If you like movies. <laughs> Even if you don't, it's a good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we have a YouTube channel, as we may have mentioned a couple, oh, yeah. a couple of times yeah, during this. Yeah. YouTube.com slash Central. Pretty regular content goes out there, and it's kind of a, a sort of a slightly more structured version of what we're doing here, I guess. Yeah, and if you don't know how to spell it or find it, or you're not really a YouTuber, just go to at Wrongtown Twitter, and you'll find it there. It's all linked up. Or just search Wrongtown Dead Sea on Twitter, on uh, on YouTube, sorry, and you'll probably get yeah. like some of our Or videos. just search Wrongtown, because we're actually like the premium number one Wrongtown. Are we number there's, one? Well, no, not really. <laughs> we're probably not the number one search result. But there's a few Wrongtowns in the world, but we're the biggest and the best. We're we're the people. We're the people that all the other Wrongtowns go, damn it, I can't believe they got our name first. 
So if you've enjoyed the podcast and you're, if you're uh, watching on uh, on YouTube or listening on YouTube, please like the video, leave us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe to us and leave us a rating. Five-star one if you want, that'd be nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, I know we're, we, we harp on about that stuff, but that's like what makes your content like get out there in front of other people, right? If people don't interact with it, then yeah. it doesn't go anywhere. Because so. because you don't want to be that person who's like, oh, if nobody watches or listens, we're not going to do it. It's like, but it's... But that's point, true, though. It's true, because the point <laughs> is, I actually, I feel quite strongly about that. I think when people say stuff like that, it's not real. Because the point is, like, I play games on YouTube because I love doing it. It's like, you know what, I do enjoy doing it. But the point is, if the biggest YouTubers in the world, like 7 million subscribers or ever, if they started posting videos and they were all getting zero views, they wouldn't do it anymore. <laughs> It's like, you're doing it so people can see it and enjoy it. And that's how we know. So the longer you watch and the longer you interact, the longer we're going to keep doing it. If you want us to go away, if you hate us, that's how you get it done. Don't comment. Don't watch. Don't, <laughs> don't follow. Don't tell them that. <laughs> that's how you make us go away. Yeah, I think I think the, the best way for people to interact with the podcast specifically is to ask us the questions because then we can actually bring you onto the show. Not live, but you know, <laughs> we, we, we can say your words and we'll actually credit you with them. Whereas other times we say other people's words and credit them with ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. yeah, sorry, it's been such a long episode. Hopefully you guys made it to this point. If you have made it to this point, you're a champion. Thank you very much. We love you. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year enjoy yourself have a great have a great time and we'll hopefully see you next year um claw any last words uh, aquarium aquarium thanks for listening <laughs>